What's going on, America? This episode of the Dear America Podcast is brought to you by my friends at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Stop drinking communist coffee. I don't care. Stop. Stop it. Stop right now. Drink America's coffee, and that is Black Rifle Coffee. They give millions of dollars every single year to veterans. They give millions of dollars every single year to veteran charities, including the Dear America Foundation. They employ thousands of veterans across the world and everything you can possibly imagine. And their coffee actually is really good because it is America's coffee. So stop drinking communist coffee. Drink America's coffee. Go to blackriflecoffee.com right now. All right, what up, what up? You started without you. This is my show, Zach. I'm, what are we doing? I looked up and I started, and okay, you were, you're looking right. at your phone. That's your own, that, That's on you. I was getting ready for the show. All right. That's on you. Without that rudeness, we have a special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Isabel Brown is here. Woohoo! Super happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, Isabel. You know, we've been we've been filming a bit, so you know, it's uh it's everybody's delayed a little bit. How's uh how's Phoenix? It's hot. Very hot. I'm over summer. I'm ready for winter. Unfortunately, I will never get that. So that's no, fine. No, you you are you are cursed in a horrid land for that type of do thing. Like, but do the winters not get cold at all? No. no, well, not not compared to me. I grew up in the mountains of Colorado, yeah, so I like 70, snow. If seventy degrees is cold to you, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's officially fall, so I have stopped uh, trimming the beard. Uh, I can see. I, I, can I, see. I, I don't know if you can tell it's getting thicker, but but I'm not I'm not trimming it down until after my birthday. Are you going to go try and go Duck Dynasty? No, okay. no, no, no. I didn't say I was not going to shape the beard. I just said <laughs> that, you know, in the summer I keep it thinner and then, you know, I'm going to let it let it go a little bit. I like it. You know, Graham, I always say beards are makeup for men. Exactly. So I'm very pro beard. Yes. <laughs> That's so, a good way to put it. So Isabel, you're a woman, or at least you identify as one. <laughs> well, so, I guess today we are, yeah, but it's fine. As yeah. of this moment. <laughs> Maybe not tomorrow. Uh, question, Okay. Okay. Men that are capable of growing beards, not mm. not every man can, you know, connect it on the sides and everything like this. I firmly believe that men that are capable of growing beards look better with a beard. A hundred thousand percent. And not mm -hmm. only do they look better, they have a responsibility to the men who can't grow a beard to grow it out. To hold That's down my, the fort for everybody opinion. else. We also look older. Like... Uh, everyone thinks I'm like 45 and, 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 and when I buzz my beard down, especially at the start of summer, I like really buzz it down and everybody's like, you look like you're 23 years old. What did you just do <laughs> to yourself? And so it also is kind of like, it masks some things like people don't know. They obviously know you're kind of older, but they don't like, you know what I mean? It, it yeah. adds a little bit of wisdom-esque i guess to you because people don't know exactly how old you may be and i like it so i like it i never get carded ever 
Ever. Like when we go out to a restaurant and Alyssa may want a margarita or something at a Mexican restaurant or something, they don't ever card me ever. They're just like, they're like, that guy needs a drink. I don't know if you see him, but he needs something. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) um, Isabel, talk to us about you got to go on an amazing opportunity just the other day. Tell us, tell the audience where you went. Tell us about it. Tell us everything. Just, just, just describe it all. Oh my gosh. Well, such an honor to be able to talk about it, Graham. I just got back from a two-week trip to the Holy Land for the first time. I had never been to the nation of Israel. I've been very fortunate to travel all over the world. This was my 19th country, and I had absolutely no expectations for what this trip would be, but was very fortunate through our connections with Turning Point USA to be included in a big trip for content creators and some of our staff at TPUSA to learn more about what Israel is actually like. Really all I had ever been taught about this country, especially from the lens of the college campuses that I attended through my undergraduate and graduate programs, is that it's this evil, oppressive, really, really war-torn, conflicting, angry place. And I was expecting that when we showed up, but I'm so grateful to have had 10 full days in the nation of Israel to have every single one of my expectations dissolved. It was exactly the opposite of anything that I experienced and arguably was the most spiritually enlightening and exciting um, journey that I've really ever been on in my life. I'm so on fire for my faith. I'm really excited to teach people here in America what Israel is actually like on the ground. And probably, drum roll, I'm going back before the end of the year to do a documentary now about the city of Jerusalem. So I'm very really? excited about it. That is awesome. Uh, and Don't I think a there's a whole new opportunity <laughs> Zach, to tell Zach's, the truth there. Zach's pitching himself to you right there. You need a, you need a photographer to go to that? You need one? Um, you know what, Zach? If Isabel says yes, I will I will pay for your trip to go to Israel if, oh, if, look if, at that. if oh. Isabel says says that you are allowed to go. <laughs> we'll it. talk. We'll talk. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, well, I think that's awesome. I, I mean, I do. I think it's great. I, obviously, I got invited to go too, but I, unlike, um, honestly, ninety nine percent of the people that went, I, you know, we just me and Alyssa, we just couldn't find anybody to watch the kids for that long yeah. and. Just, it just, you know, uh, all three of my kids, I just, I, I, you know, we just couldn't, we just couldn't make it work, but I was super happy to see all you guys win. It looked like an amazing time. Um, yeah, it just looked awesome. And, and so I think that's a great opportunity for everybody to see, uh, especially Christians to go over there and, and just see it right to, to, to stand where Jesus stood. And, and, you know, I mean, it just does, it changes some things. All right, Healthy Cell is the next generation of dietary supplements. If you take supplements in pill form now, honestly, it's time to change. Studies show that you don't absorb most of the nutrients in pills, not to mention they can be hard to swallow, and let's face it, vitamins you can't absorb are a waste of money. That's why doctors and nutritionists created Healthy Cell, a great-tasting ingestible gel with 165% Yes, 165% more absorption than pills. Let me give you an example. Researchers have shown, I don't know why I said researchers, research has shown that distractions not only hurt productivity, but they can lead to higher stress and a bad mood, which means focus and concentration are shaping up to be the new superpowers of the 21st 
century professionals. In 2008, the average amount of concentrated time on a task without distraction was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. That's less attentiveness than a goldfish. This is true, by the way. Um, even in even in videos, they say that it used to be you had 30 seconds to capture attention. Now you've got like seven. Healthy Cells Micro Gel ensures maximum absorption of exactly the sort of premium nutrients you need to help support focus, recall, mental speed, and rapid learning. If it's optimal brain performance you want, check out Healthy Cell. All you got to do is visit HealthyCell.com slash ground. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L.com and use the code GRAM for 20% off your first order. Go to HealthyCell.com slash GRAM now. I want to talk to you, Isabel. I, I, I have... Um, been talking about this a lot, and I would love to get your thoughts on these things. As we talked about before you hopped on here, I had no idea what direction we were going to take this thing, um, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Um, we live in a nation that's divided. Uh, we live in a nation where even the government, uh, the administration, et cetera, are literally factioning off us and them, right? And the government yeah. considers... Uh, themselves is us and we conservatives or MAGA Republicans are them, right? But I've been making this this comparison and I actually was, I Zach's got the receipts, we got it. I called this before Biden's speech. I said all this stuff yeah, yeah, where, where I said that MAGA Republicans are, it's not Trump voters. Obviously it is, but it's not just that. You can be middle right and you are a MAGA Republican if you believe you should have your guns, your freedom, uh, life begins uh, at conception. You're a MAGA Republican, right? But I also made this argument, and this I'm getting to it here, that this, this new push for Christian nationalism, that mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's this bad thing, which if you're a Christian, why would that be a bad thing? But either way, they view it as a bad thing. I have said they're the same people. MAGA Republicans, Christian nationalists, they're putting you in the same group of the same people. If you vote Democrat, but you're a Christian, and you're middle left, you're a Christian nationalist. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, like yeah. if, you're, if you're a Christian that's like, you know, I just really don't like politics, but at, at the same time, I really think that we should have our guns, and life does start at, you know, conception— Christian nationalist. And, and and when you go down these things, they're the same people. Like if you really start looking at what they define it as, they're the same people. So my question to you is this. Why do you think the current administration is going after Republicans, but specifically now it seems Christians? Oh, that's a tough loaded question, Graham. Sorry. And I think you're absolutely <laughs> right with a keen observation there. It's not even about your political affiliation or even your religious identity. Even if you're remotely, tangentially associated with these people, you are one of them. Yes. You are the mm -hmm. enemy now. And I think we just saw that uh, with Addison Ray. Uh, on TikTok. We saw a lot of that being discussed. We saw that with Sydney Sweeney, who you may know from the big show Euphoria right now. That's like the biggest yep. show on television right now. She grew up in Eastern Washington and had a MAGA birthday party for her parents yep. and immediately was crucified all over the internet for being a MAGA Republican when she herself has never made a statement whatsoever about politics on the internet. But all of a sudden, she's one of them because she's remotely associated with 
that ideology. So I think you're absolutely right to realize this isn't even about what you actually believe. It's whatever they can tack on to you to label you as the other and set you aside as the enemy for their political gain. And I think the reason for that is really very simple when it all boils down to it. Christians arguably the largest religion in the world. That's still generally what we consider to be the largest religion in the world, although Islam is catching up very quickly. Christians have a fundamental belief that the laws of man are subsequent to the laws of God. Period. End of story. Mm -hmm. You cannot submit to the government before you submit to God. And you will always believe in God as a higher power in your life than the institutions of man, particularly and if those conflict, And if those conflict, you submit to the will and the, the laws of God over the laws Absolutely. of the land. Absolutely. Yes. And so I think what this administration is really starting to realize is that even if you agree with the left politically, even if you would consider yourself to be a progressive Christian, Christianity is still the enemy largely to the progressive left in America because the government can't be the God over your life. God is still God over your life. And you're seeing that friction play out in real time every single day in this country on issues like abortion and defending your family and taking care of your community. And this back and forth tug between who is ultimately the highest power in your life is manifesting in very, very scary ways. It's why everybody's being labeled as an extremist or a terrorist or Christian nationalism is the end of our time and a threat to democracy. It's certainly not a threat to democracy, but it is a threat to the government being the biggest thing in your life, which is ultimately the end goal for this administration. No, I, I agree. And and me and Zach have been noticing it a lot. I've been doing this for a while now. And I have never seen more articles outside of Christian organizations about Christianity yeah. ever. I've never yeah. seen it talked about more than it's being talked about right now. And I have to go down the rabbit hole of it's because there are more and more Christians that are starting to buck the system and are starting to say, wait a minute, no, 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 no. And they're starting to question, why are we doing it this way? Or no, 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 pastor, why are you doing that? We should not be doing that. And there seems to be this this, 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 you know, pastors would call it remnant rising up. You know, the, there seems to be this rumbling happening where I think that they are so, I think that they're more concerned about Christian Americans, not Republican Americans or Democrat Americans. They're more concerned about Christian Americans and all of this, the MAGA Republicans, Christian nationalists, all this stuff is a preemptive dehumanizing declassification of, you know, being less than for a group of people to perpetuate persecution for Christians because they're seeing it. They're seeing it that where Christians are standing here going, whoa, 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 whoa. At the end of the day, uh, we don't answer to you, (laughs) you know, And, and that's a very dangerous thing. And, and, and when they can't get it through the government side, Led, uh, narratives are being changed about the nuclear family and about Christian upbringings of of man and wife and kids, etc. I want to read you this article that I saw this morning. You brought up family and kids and stuff, and 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 so liberal authors are now saying that the family unit, also known as the nuclear family, is a terrible way to satisfy love and care. Calls are now happening to abolish the nuclear family. 
Remember um, when we all got made fun of for saying this would happen like five years ago and everyone called us conspiracy theorists? I don't know. Just a thought. But. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and I quote, the family isn't actually any good at creating intimacy. This writer argues the family creates, in fact, a death of care with shreds and scrapes of intimacy fought out between overworked parents and totally dependent kids hidden behind the locked doors of private property. Let's see. Lewis is clear-eyed and witty about the inevitable knee-jerk reactions to call for family abolition. So removal of the nuclear family in total is now. And it's true that family abolition is like other abolitionist movements present certain discomforts. Maybe you love your family or maybe you just like cooking in your own kitchen. Lewis acknowledges these discomforts and asks us to imagine beyond them because it is actually the family that is killing us in our society. And it is actually the family that is causing us all of our issues and our death of our dreams, et cetera. What do you think about that? Wow. Unfortunately, I'm not surprised whatsoever that article was written in the first place. You know, I kind of made a wisecrack there about people calling us conspiracy theorists, but we saw this coming from a mile away, a mm-hmm. very long time ago. And everybody said, ah, no, it'll never get that bad. No one will ever attack the family that overtly. They might suggest it, but no one will publicly call for the abolition of the family. Well, here we are in 2022, and they absolutely are, and they will not stop here. Uh, You know, I'm 25 years old. To see the dramatic change in cultural norm in my lifetime alone, I mean, when I was 10, I could have never imagined something like this ever being publicly said or published or amplified through media outlets. When I was 18, I could have never predicted something like this being amplified so loudly in our cultural narrative. But now that I'm 25, I'm seeing this rapid dissolution of cultural norms and of Judeo-Christian values that this country was so intentionally founded upon happening faster and faster and faster. It's almost like the snowball rolling down the hill. And I don't want to say that to discourage you or make you feel scared for the future, but I'm also seeing at the same time this narrative come up from the right and largely from Christian communities that it's our job to save that from happening. We have to stop it from happening. Right now, nothing was more powerful of a reminder to me that we are not in charge of saving America or saving the world or saving everybody from going crazy. God is than being in the places Jesus walked just a few weeks ago and touching those same places and walking through what those experiences must have been like, because ultimately this persecution and hatred of Christians, of reality, of objective truth, of God's people is very, very biblical. And so I say that not to freak you out. We know that it's going to get crazier every single day. This narrative is going to look like child's play come next year, I'm sure. Uh, But don't have your faith in your favorite podcast hosts or the person that you listen to on the news every night or the people that are running for office to represent your values in Congress, they're ultimately not going to save us from the destruction of what we understand to be reality. God is. So stay planted in that. Don't give in to the insanity that culture is telling you. Put your eyes on the next world and not on the All right, listen up, folks. The last time we went through a recession, there were stocks that literally went to zero. Washington Mutual, Lehman Brothers, Chrysler, Multiple blue chip stocks went to little or no value almost overnight. Could that happen again? 
the way the things are going in Biden's economy, I think that is more possible than not. So why not own something that has never been valued at zero? G-O-L-D. That spells gold. Historically, it's your best hedge against inflation, which is rising like a atomic nuclear missile as we speak. The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability, and from a falling dollar. Do you? Birch Gold Group helps you hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. So whether you've got a 401k, an IRA, or let's just say you've got some savings you've been working so hard to protect, all you have to do is text the word GRAM, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898. There was some confusion about this earlier, so I'm going to say it again. The number is 989898, and you text the word GRAM, G-R-A-H-A-M, to get your 20-page free information kit from Birch Gold. There are no strings attached. Free information is vital information. So, all you got to do is text the word Graham to 989898. Now, I'd like to go down the what do we think scenarios of what's going to happen here, especially in the next two months with the midterms. Um, I, I'll start. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have this gigantic red wave that everybody thinks we're going to have. I think that Republicans will take back the House. I think we have a good shot at taking control of the Senate. But at the same time, you look at Pennsylvania and you look at what's going on in Georgia right now, I think it's going to be a much more difficult time than people are realizing that it is. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, this is going to be a really scalding hot take if you're used to people telling Do you it. that a big giant red tsunami is coming. It's not. And yep. I will actually be really shocked, shocked out of my mind if we take back both houses Me of too. Congress, but yeah. certainly uh, even one of them. And I think the big reason for that is what I'm seeing politically on the right right now when I'm speaking to Republican Party groups or on the news and having these conversations Traditional Republicans who are older than Generation Z have this mindset of focusing very specifically on economic issues as the slam dunk win to take back political power in the United States. And there is absolutely no denying the fact that our economy is in the toilet. We live with that every day. Gas prices are insane. Our grocery bill is three times higher than it was a couple of months ago. Rents going up. Mortgage payments are going up. I get it. We live with that reality every day. But I challenge challenge people to think about this quite often because the truth is for millennial and generation Z voters, which for the first time voting together as a block on the right and left are the largest voter demographic, people under the age of about 40 in American history. You're seeing this whole new exciting venture of people casting their ballot to make their voice heard. All of those people have grown up in a time where a bad economy was the norm. We grew up through yeah. the 2008 housing crisis. We grew up through COVID, came into adulthood through COVID. Bad rent prices and bad gas prices and bad grocery bills are completely normal to us. I can't remember a time from the time I started paying rent for apartments in college that my rent didn't go up every single year. 
I can't remember a time that I was told I probably would never be able to afford a house. My entire life, I was told that narrative. So when you think about this largest demographic of voters coming into the midterm elections, they aren't thinking about the same things that people who have voted for the Republican Party have been thinking about for decades. What they are thinking about are social issues on both sides of the coin. That could mean gun control. That could especially mean abortion. And abortion will be the one thing that the left is banking on to help them get over the threshold for midterms this November. But our silence and our inability to speak up about these issues will ultimately be our downfall, will be our Achilles heel for November if we don't turn that around immediately, because everybody on the left is harping, harping, harping on social issues, social issues, social issues. They want you to close your eyes and ignore the economy, which is very effective and it's working. Yeah. I also, I mean, I'm going to take it down a completely different thing since we're talking about economy stuff. I actually think that the system has been flipped so much. I don't know if it can be flipped back. And and mm-hmm. just from an entrepreneurial standpoint, in fact, Elon Musk had this uh, clip several months ago. Um, and, you know, they were, they were talking about what a savant he is and what a genius he is and what a selfless leader he is because he doesn't own homes and yachts and this and that and blah, 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 right? And then Elon Musk says in the interview, well... Yeah, I mean, that's true. But I mean, really, the reason that I don't own anything is because I can just rent everything. And then the IRS doesn't have anything to come after me for. Mm. And and we live in a world where renters of anything, car, house, whatever, have more protections than the owners do. We saw it with with the COVID thing about yeah. about the, I, I don't even remember what it was called, but you can't evict people if they don't pay you money because you can't just kick people out on the street, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I, I've seen it all the time. Go watch Netflix's uh, great or worst roommates ever, and they'll tell you stories about how if somebody stays in your home for like three straight days, whether they pay you rent or not, you can't kick them out. Like you have yep. to, you have to legally evict them, and that can take a year to even get that done. And then they have six months to comply after that year. And then if they make one payment or an attempt, then you, you got to start all over again. We live in a, in, a, in a world now where there is no incentive of what it was 30, 40, 50 years ago of own land, own your house, own your cars flat out, have property, have this, have that. If you don't own any of that stuff, there's nothing for the IRS to go after. And you have people now that are looking at these 87,000 new IRS hires that Republicans are vowing to repeal that um, and get rid of that if they take both the House and the Senate. Um, but it's already it's already the the the, the switch has already been flipped. People that are trying yeah. to learn how to navigate the rules that is the United States government. We flipped it to where actually, if you do own land, you can work really, really, really hard to pay that off. But then if anything were to happen, the government, for example, I owned my house flat, flat out, full transparency once a year, even though I own it flat out, I still got to pay what? Property taxes on it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Beyond me, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I bought this thing flat out, and now you decide every year that it's worth more. So I got to pay thousands of dollars at a time. 
I forget about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I forget about it. I get this letter in the mail saying that if I don't pay it within 60 days, they will foreclose on the property and short sell it. So even though I paid the property completely off, if I didn't pay $7,000 in property taxes, the the state was just going to come in and sell it (laughs) with me in there. If I was a renter, they could do nothing to me. Nothing. Nothing. We live in an upside down world. We do. We live in the upside down. I say it all the time, but that is exactly true. And so I think wrapping your head around that for a second, realizing the economy is important. That always will be important. Nobody is discounting that, but it's not how you win over new voters. It's not how you get people excited and energized to go vote if they're already registered. You have to appeal to people's heart in addition to their mind. And this idea of the facts don't care about your feelings mantra that worked very, very well about five years ago, that is not working today for new voters, for Generation Z, for mobilizing people to actually get out and make change happen. It's happening from issues of the heart. And I just really want to encourage everybody who's listening to this. If you know somebody who's running for office, if you yourself are running for office, please, please, please do not discount the importance of talking about issues like abortion, like gun control, like school safety, like giving parents a voice in education for their children. These are the issues that are mobilizing America right now. And the left gets that so exceptionally well. So I I truly fear for what November is actually going to look like. And I think it's going to be a huge wake up call for so many people that are still hell-bent on this. You win with your pocketbook. You win with the economy track. Yeah, I agree. All right. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. To end this out, let's really let's really dive into the hot takes. 2024, <laughs> who's running? I Ooh. think Trump's going to run, but it is a long time out. So really anything could happen between now and then. Uh, I talked on the news this morning about how Liz Cheney's going to run for president. So uh, won't we all be excited to hear about that in the next couple of months? Who is still listening to this woman, just as an aside? I, I don't know. I don't know. How she has a following. Have you heard about all the rumors about somebody wrote a book? Or something that came out. It's, uh, I mean, it's not a rumor. It's out there. There's some book that has come out now about uh, Trump talking bad about DeSantis behind closed doors and things like mm. that. I actually haven't heard much about it, but I certainly would be interested to learn more. Personally, I would love to see Ron DeSantis run for president. I'm a big Donald Trump girl. I will always defend that until the day that I die. But I think that the MAGA concept has just been so misconstrued by pop culture today. I don't know that it's possible for someone with the last name of Trump to win a presidency uh, at this point in American history, which is very sad, but that's just operating in the political reality of the world we live in. So I think Ron DeSantis would be an excellent choice. I'm fascinated to see who runs on the left, uh, considering our president, Obama Cortez, probably not. That's my, that's my bet 
that that's my bet. You've that's been my, saying that for a long time. It's my wild card, and and they're starting to pitch AOC. Man, I'm telling you, uh, just the other day I saw multiple articles of why the time is now for AOC to to run for president, and I saw another one of her saying that she's not going to run because it's just another example of. Uh, misogyny within our country that they would never have. I'm telling you, they're starting to gear her up, man. I, yes, they are. I, not and at, but, don't mistake how popular she is. Oh, she's she super popular, exceptionally well. But not. But she will not be the presidential nominee. She will be the vice presidential nominee. And I'm telling you that I'm telling you that I'm telling you. Michelle Obama's going to come yes, out of the woodwork. Yes, Graham, you get it. I've been saying this for a year, and it's gonna, everybody shakes their head. It's going to be, no, no, it's no. going to be Obama Cortez, man. It's going to be Obama Cortez. I'm telling you. And so here's what I think. Here's my hot take. I think Trump's going to run. I think DeSantis is going to run too. Really? I, I, I think they're going to butt heads. I, I, I really do, and I hate it. I wish that was not the case. There is no reason that DeSantis would hint to anything right now because he's fixing to go into an election. Um, I I do. I think both of them are going to run, mm-hmm. and I think that it's going to, unfortunately, here's what will have to happen for that not to happen. They are going to have to sit down with each other, and they're going to have to figure it out. Uh, yep. Because here's the thing. They're both larger-than-life politicians now, uh, one's a, a billionaire for his entire life. One has a net worth of about $300,000. Um, that distinguished difference right there is going to, your average American is going to look at DeSantis. Well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa. This guy's been in politics for a long time and he hasn't quadrupled his net worth. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, yeah. he's either really, really stupid or he's one of the good ones, right? Yeah. And, and so my feet... What I want is for Trump to run, win, then DeSantis has it in 28 and 32. Mm. But my concern is I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that DeSantis is fundraising at a massive level. I see DeSantis doing rallies in Wisconsin and all these other places. Why? Why mm. is the governor of Florida doing events in different states two months from an election? Like, like, like uh, That doesn't make sense to me. I think if you look at the writing on the wall, I think there is legit posturing from a lot of people to go against Donald Trump. And there will be uh, a GOP uh, nominee. There will be debates. Uh, I do not think that there are people that are just going to let Donald Trump do it. I wish that wasn't the case, but that's what I see happening. Um, Well, politics is a game at the end of the day. And I think it's important we remember that, right? It's like chess pieces on a chessboard. Ultimately, whoever outmaneuvers the other one and who can ever out fundraise the other one, that really does make an impact. It's not Mm -hmm. just about ideas. Trump said from the very beginning, he would not decide until after the midterms. And the purpose of that was to have as much impact on the midterms as possible, right? The only problem with that is it puts – politics is such a revolving door, man. I mean, it is. It put too much time in between. If Trump had literally left the White House and said, I'm running in 2024, they can keep me out of there for three and a half years, but by God, we're coming back stronger, faster, better than we ever were before, I think everybody would have got behind him. I think it yep. all would have been a thing. It's been two years now. And and I just I I just I think Pence is going to run. I think DeSantis is going to run. 
Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Ted Cruz tries to run again. Um, Me neither, actually. (laughs) Because he ran the last time. They hated each other. Donald Trump got it. Him and Ted Cruz are best friends, right? What is the harm in it, right? I mean, really. Mm -hmm. You know, what is really the harm? And I don't know. I think it's going to fracture the party even more. I really do. I I really think I do, too. I totally agree. And I think this fracturing of parties is actually happening on both sides at an incredibly rapid rate. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't think that... The two-party system is going to live beyond my lifetime. I really no. don't. And I'm anxious to see what that plays out to be in these next few elections. This could really be, for lack of a better better term, a turning point for American <laughs> politics in so many different ways. I think that 2024 has the possibility, to be clear, I want Trump to run, just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, unless he decides not to run, then, of course, I'll go with DeSantis. Um I think that this has the potential to be the last presidential election as we know it. I mean, I really do. I I think, because here's what I know. I don't see it going well either way. The Democrats win, I see it going badly. If Trump wins, I see it going badly. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't, I, 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 just the way it's going, the powder keg that it's turning into, I just... If anything fishy happens this November on top of another presidential election, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if we'll see another election like 2024, but that's just me. And I said we were going to take it a weird way this time. And so, uh, Isabel, where can people find out what you're doing? I am across social media platforms at the Isabel Brown. And starting today, I am live for two hours every single night on Getter at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm the first exclusive Getter streamer, yes. which is very exciting. Go. Congratulations. New chapter in my content creation career. So would love to see you guys jump on a live stream. Awesome. All right. Well, that's all we have. Make sure to go check out Isabel. Make sure to check out her new two-hour live stream on Getter. Let us know what you think about this show. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, do me a favor. We only ask you to pay one fee, and that is simply this. Share the episode. Send it to five of your friends. Give us a rating. Leave us a comment. Give us five stars. It helps us in the ratings. That's all we have for this episode, and we'll see you all again next time.